today on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Some great news in the National Hockey League, some records being set, and more of my interview with Sarah Avampato on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. How's everyone doing today? It is Wednesday and it is super, super smoky out there. So I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. But anyway, welcome everyone to Locked on Anaheim Ducks presented by rockauto.com. It is super smoky out here and I'm going to peel the curtain back quite a bit. So I'm recording this first part on Wednesday morning and I woke up to a very red sky. Uh, There's wildfires going on here in Southern California and one of those fires was set off by a couple who decided to have a gender reveal party that went wrong. So to that couple, I hope you go to jail, or at least I hope you pay the maximum fine because it is smoky out here. I've been coughing quite a bit, and I'm going to try to hold off as long as possible without coughing. But as you can probably tell, yeah, my voice is a little bit off. But I'm going to try to record this one segment in one fell swoop and see how it goes. Uh, I mentioned that this is brought to you by rockauto.com. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. All right, let's go over some news quickly. First, um, good news from the National Hockey League regarding COVID-19. And this is very good news. So... I'm going to, well, first off, there's been a lot of news as far as awards going on. Um, We're going to have a whole nother awards, I guess, podcast later on in the week or early next week when all the awards have been given out. So that's what's going on there. But very good news as far as COVID-19 goes. Here is the NHL statement on the COVID-19 testing results, and I'm going to read this verbatim. Quote, The NHL completed the sixth week of its Phase 4 return to play with no positive test results for COVID-19 among the 2,534 tests administered. Testing was administered on a daily basis to all members of the club's 52-member traveling parties, including players, during the period from August 31st through September 5th. The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on COVID-19 testing results. The league will not be providing information on the identity of any individuals or clubs, end quote. So once again, I've said this many times on this podcast, and I'm going to say it once again and continue saying it. The NHL is doing things right. At this point, we might even applaud Gary Bettman when he comes back to award the Sunday Cup to public. I mean... I know some fans are still going to boo him out of principle and boo him because, well, it's sort of tradition, tradition, but uh, let's look back at the past few months. The pandemic happened. Gary Bettman decided to stop play. Not only did he bring the return to play very swimmingly, but people forget that he also helped end some labor strife by extending the CBA for another few years. So we're not going to have any strikes for the next five, six seasons, which might be the amount of time that Gary Bettman sticks around because he's been the commissioner for the past close to three decades. And I know he's got to be thinking about retiring pretty soon. So I'm going to say that he's probably going to retire towards the end of that CBA or maybe have one more renewal of that before he leaves just to leave his, I guess, maybe now we can call it maybe his legacy on the National Hockey League. And when you really think about it, 
he's done a good job these past few months. Not saying that he has been perfect. In fact, he's had a lot of horrible things happen during his tenure. But for right now, he's doing a damn good job. And he's looking like the most competent of the four commissioners in major sports. You know, basketball's doing okay. Baseball's doing terribly. Football, we don't know. But football's not doing that much better. So let's see what happens. It looks really good. We're going to award the Stanley Cup. It's happening, folks. So buckle up for some great hockey action. And speaking of hockey action, just going to go over the three games that have happened since our last podcast actually talking about it on Monday. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning are playing. Who are they playing? They're playing the New York Islanders. So far, it's it was all Tampa Bay in Game 1. Uh, they beat New York mercilessly 8-2 to in that first game. The Islanders looked tired. I mean, they had just come in the night before. Yeah, they didn't come in right away. They had to pack up. They had to get all their stuff together. They left on Saturday. It, or, yeah, Saturday. Or, not Saturday, Sunday. They left on Sunday. Arrived in Edmonton a little bit later than it would have liked. Still had to unpack everything, then play a game. They they looked beat, folks. They looked absolutely beat. So Tampa's much more rested. They had been in Edmonton for a couple extra days longer than New York has. So expect the Islanders to come back on this series. As far as the Western Conference Finals, it was Vegas versus Dallas. And both teams have split their games. In fact, there was a shutout on yesterday's game. Vegas shut out Dallas. I think it was 3-0 last night. So what does that mean for hockey records? So I mentioned that in the start that there was a little bit of history there. Um, Vegas did jump out to a 3-0 lead early on. And it could have been 4-0, but one of those goals was overturned. So after the 3-0 result, I did a little bit of searching as far as the record books go, and I noticed that Robin Leonard, who was in goal for Game 2, not Game 1, yeah, uh, it was Fleury in Game 1. He allowed only one goal, and that was the final, one nothing. Vegas didn't do their job backing him up. So Robin Leonard got his fourth playoff shutout this season. So he's had four shutouts. That ties a bunch of players who have had four shutouts in one season. The last time someone had four shutouts in one playoff year, you got to go all the way back to, oh, is that right? Oh, look at that, 2018. And who would be the one to do that? Someone I just mentioned, Marc-Andre Fleury. The last time someone had four shutouts in one playoff run was Marc-Andre Fleury back in 2018 when the Vegas Golden Knights made the Stanley Cup final. That was only two years ago. So he's only behind five other goaltenders and I'm going to list these off because these all happened around the same time with five shutouts apiece you had Mika Kiprasov and you had Nikolai Kabibulin both in 2004 so remember Kabibulin and Kiprasov had that intense battle on game six that went to multiple overtimes Tampa Bay won it and then Tampa Bay won game seven in 2004 that was the last hockey game before that full season strike shut down back in 0405. And that was a pretty classic final. One of my favorite Stanley Cup final that didn't involve any local teams, but that was a fun one to watch. So both of those goalies had five shutouts in 2004. And also a, a player that y'all are familiar with, J.S. Jaguar 
from the Mighty Ducks. In 2003, he had five shutouts that postseason. He went, he went on to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Unfortunately, he won the Conn Smythe Trophy in a losing effort because, as all Ducks fans unfortunately recall, it was the Devils that wound up winning the Stanley Cup that season in 2003. And speaking of 2003, Marty Brodeur, he had seven shutouts that postseason, including that Game 7 against the Mighty Ducks. Uh, Marty Brodeur had seven shutouts in 2003. And also Dominic Hasek, he had six shutouts in 2002 with the Detroit Red Wings. So that's who Robin Leonard is chasing. Kiprasov, Javi Bullen, J.S. Jaguar, the Dominator, and Marty Brodeur still has the record with seven. Uh, Robin Leonard could get that. I think he could get at least one or two more shutouts if Vegas advances to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we're going to head to a break really quickly. Um, yeah, there was an edit there. Some coughing going on. I apologize. But let's talk about rockauto.com. They are a family-owned and operated website. They have all the parts your car will ever need. And maybe you need some windshield wipers to wipe away all that excess ash from your car right now. RockAuto.com has windshield wipers. They have all the parts that you will need. If you need a part for a Toyota, RockAuto.com has that. If you need car parts for your Chevrolet or your Honda or your Saturn, yeah, RockAuto.com has all of that too. In the How Did You Hear About Us box, tell them that Locked On sent you. So once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. All right, coming up after the first intermission, we're going to go right into the interview. And this is going to be the latter two parts of the interview with Sarah Avampato, continuing talking about our hockey travels and one arena in California that Sarah had no idea about. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. So definitely stay listening in. Thank you once again for listening. And folks, stay locked in. So obviously you've been to more arenas than I have. Let's talk about one trip that we've both done. And that is the New York stretch of trips. Or the Eastern, I guess for you, it's the East Coast trip. Yeah. And I did this all in a matter of four days where I went to Nassau Coliseum. You know what? 12 arenas. (laughs) (laughs) Nassau and Barclays. Yep. (laughs) I'm adding more as we're going along. See? (laughs) No, that particular year, I was following the LA Kings. After they'd won the Stanley Cup. So I did the three in four days. Went to Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden, and Prudential Center. All in one trip. And I met some fantastic people out there that I still talk to to this day. They were just so wonderful to me. Um, One of them gave me a ride from Nassau back to where I was staying in New York. And I liked all those arenas. MSG is obviously Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world, and rightfully so. It's fantastic. Prudential Center was great. They were super nice there. Um, Got to go on the ice. I won't say how, but I got to go on the ice. (laughs) 
That's all I'm going to say. I have a picture of myself with the CentOS logo. <laughs> and they still email me. But they're super nice. <laughs> and then there's Nassau Coliseum. That's one of my favorite arenas of all time. Even though it is a freaking schlep to get out there, I love Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Or NYCB Live, they call it now. Because it is so intimate, and the fans just go completely berserk there with their little yes, 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 yes chant. <laughs> it was great. I liked it. Yeah, that is... That is not one I've gotten to yet. I feel like I've had a bunch of like near misses with almost getting out to 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 Nassau or or to Barclays. I haven't seen the Islanders at either. Yeah, next year. You have next year. Um, not yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I just I, I've I've just I've kept missing it. But yeah, I feel like the, the, the clock is ticking mm-hmm. to to make that happen. That's why I went to um, Nassau. I did. I did Madison Square Garden. Uh, I didn't see the Kings there. I saw the Rangers and the Hurricanes play. And, like, I liked, I actually liked Madison Square Garden way more than I thought I was going to like it. Right. It was super expensive, and I was furious about that. Um, but it ended up being a good game. I would have been more mad if it was a really bad game, but <laughs> it, it was ended up being very fun. But, like, just like the the arena itself, like the food was actually like I had like a, a chicken teriyaki bowl or something that was delicious. I sat next to this guy who was like a complete like caricature of what you would expect a like little guy Rangers fan to be. And at one point, the Rangers did something like boneheaded, and we both just like in unison like lifted our arms up and we're like, "Ugh, Rangers!" <laughs> <laughs> I felt like a very very like kindred spirit with that guy. Um, but yeah, no, I did uh, last season, uh, I did part of that trip where it was uh, the Devils, the Flyers. Um, was there another one on that section? I went up Washington. to Boston. Uh, there, there was a game in Washington, but I skipped it because I wanted to spend time in Boston with a friend of mine. Smart. And we went to the Bean Pot. Smart. Uh, so I, I, I've been to Capitals games in Washington a handful of times. So I was like, okay, I'm not missing anything if I don't if I don't go back to to whatever the arena is called now, Capital One or no, it's something different it's now. It's Capital One Arena, whatever it's called. Okay, um, but yeah, so I did. Yeah, Jersey and Philly. I, I like Philadelphia a lot more than I thought too. And like, I was concerned that. Th- you know, Philly gets a bad rap for, you know, fans being rude and being mean to opposing team fans or whatever. I did cheat a little bit, though, because I have a Mike Richards Flyers jersey. Oh, so you I wore, cheater. I wore that. I wore that. Uh, but everyone was super nice. I spent most of the, like, non-game time because usually when I go two games i get there early and i do the like you know i walk around the concourse and kind of get a feel for the arena and all that um i did that in philly but i spent most of the time like roaming around all the different team stores so i could buy gritty merchandise (laughs) so i didn't like i didn't like get to do the really got i didn't really get the full philly experience because i was too busy looking for gritty things Uh, When I went to boston for the boston marathon in 2014 this was the year after that unfortunate event that happened that took place around Easter weekend in Boston. They were in the playoffs in 2014 where they were playing the Detroit Red Wings. I'd never been to a Bruins game. So this was a trip with myself, my mom, and my sister, cause we were all running. Well, my mom ran a five K, but 
Uh, my sister ran, I ran. So we had a lot of fun during that trip. Sunday was off. Typically, they have the 5K on Saturday and the actual Boston Marathon is on Monday, right? So we did the 5K Saturday morning, went to our Red Sox game that afternoon, which was photo day. Sunday, we had off. Our family does love hockey and said, you know what? We're here. Like, should we try for this? So guess what I did, Sarah? (laughs) I went on Craigslist. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And found three tickets for only $150. What? Do you know why? It's so expensive. Do you know why? something? No. No. That was a great view. Something I just mentioned. It was Easter Sunday oh, right. in Boston. It was a noon start time. The guy, the guy that we bought them from, and both my sister and I went and met the guy. You know, he was a super, super nice guy. Also, very, very Catholic, and pretty much told us, you know, you're kind of lucky that the game is at noon. Otherwise, they wouldn't be this cheap. And the guy admitted to us, my wife would kill me if we missed church <laughs> on Easter Sunday. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So he had to sell them right away and at least get something <laughs> for them. And since I said, yeah, we're visiting. Since I told him that we were there from California and we were trying to see as many arenas as possible, he gave us the deal for 150 And it was super nice of nice. him to do that. Nice. Yeah, I, I tend to get very lucky when it comes to sporting events and stuff like that. But that was a fun game. Uh, Boston ended up winning that game against the Detroit Red Wings. That was the 90th anniversary season. Got some swag. Got a lanyard. Actually, I have the lanyard. I think it's right here. <laughs> I think this is it. Oh, lo and behold. I have nice. it right in front of me. Uh, 90th anniversary logo on it have the physical tickets yeah so much fun one of my favorite trips of all time last time i went to boston um and saw a game there it yeah it was a king's game and i was again very annoyed at how expensive the tickets were but what i didn't realize was that it was also the game that was celebrating um patrice bergeron's whatever the most recent milestone he got. I don't remember if it was games or goals. I think it was games played. Um, but so I was like, man, why are tickets so expensive? Like it's, it was more expensive than usual for secondhand market tickets for Boston. And then I was like, Oh, they're honoring Patrice Bergeron. Everyone wants to see this. Yeah. Um, so we're running a little bit long on time. Um, what are some of the other arenas that you've been to? Um, both Detroit ones, the Joe Lewis and the new one. Nice. Um, new one, very shiny. Old one, very sticky. Um, Minnesota might actually be my favorite of the arenas that I've gone to, uh, except for the fact that you couldn't pay me to go there uh, when it's actually winter. Uh, but it was just, it, it lived up to all the expectations of Minnesota. Like everyone's just super nice. Uh, they have very good mini donuts, which I think food is a really important quality for me in an arena. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Minnesota really lives up to that expectation. And like, no matter where you sit, it seems like you've got really good sight lines. Um, I liked Columbus a lot more than I thought I would, both as a city and as an arena. Do yourself a favor. Don't sit near the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> we we made that mistake. And like, I knew it was coming, but my friend didn't. And so she was very scared. I would still um, sit next to it, though. 
I'm that <laughs> it guy. It was very fun. And like Columbus has a very cool like the fans are so into it. And the, when I went, it was like right when Elvis Merzlikens was on that like really hot stretch of games. And I think he got a shutout. So like it was just really cool. Everyone like Columbus gets a, like a bad rap as being like a team that I feel like people kind of make poke fun at for some reason. But I think that they have, you know, they've earned it like they the, like earned respect uh, based on how good they are and how fun they are. Like it's, it's a fun fan base. Um, they have their wall of like hats collected at hat tricks. And, uh, one of them's from Jeff Carter <laughs> and that made me laugh. I took a picture of it and then sent it to all my friends because I was like, I bet it kills them to have his name up on this wall. <laughs> Uh, let's see. One of my other favorite arenas that I liked a lot was I like SAP Center. I really do. Even though it is scary as hell to go to the catwalks, it's a fun time there. <laughs> and believe it or not, I do like going to see games at T-Mobile Arena. It is a very, very <laughs> fun time. The entertainment between the periods and the pre-game stuff is so top-notch that you cannot help but enjoy it. But also... You know, if I go as an impartial person and see Vegas against some other random team like the Florida Panthers, then A, tickets aren't as expensive, and B, you're just there to enjoy the ambiance of the arena. That's one that, like, I've been to, but it was before, it was for the last Frozen Fury that the Kings did, mm. uh, right before Vegas became in, into existence. So I've been to T Mobile, but. And I've seen NHL games there, but I, it, none of them involved Vegas. And m- maybe that's how I'm going to have to experience that arena. I don't know if I can make myself, A, go back to Vegas in general, and B, willingly go see a Vegas Golden Knights game. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yep. And one final thought, Gila River Arena, it is as empty as it sounds. Okay. Just very quickly for like a hot minute, what's your favorite minor league arena and least favorite minor league arena you've been to oh man i've only been into a handful of them so it's it's a little i really liked iowa um because like it it it, it was i was too the arena i think is too big for an ahl team um also it didn't help that there was a blizzard so i feel like it might have been more full if you know (laughs) it wasn't snowing outside like crazy. Um, but just in general, I thought like everyone was super nice there. The food was good. Uh, the sight lines were pretty good. No matter where you sat, like the temperature, like it wasn't super crowded either night, which was great. Cause I could, I basically had a whole section to myself at one point. I really liked Iowa. Um, least favorite. This like, isn't by much, but like, I'm going to go with, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, mm. just because I feel like, like it's it's a it's a fun arena, but like if you sit in the wrong place, you don't get to see any. Like there's a lot of places where there's like railings or other stuff that's going to kind of obstruct your view, so you have to know where to sit. Um, and like parking is really annoying up there, um, which is always kind of a factor for me. But like their food's good; they have really good desserts. Like there's an ice cream stand that's amazing, and like you basically have to line up before the end of the period if you want to have any hope of getting the ice cream before the next period starts but like (laughs) just in terms of like comfort in viewing 
I'm going to go with Milwaukee. So I have an easy... Well, I'm not going to include San Diego because I love that arena way too much and the food is amazing there. Poutine, ice cream. I've talked about San Diego Pachanga Arena many times on this podcast. So I'm going to say aside from San Diego, my favorite arena that I've been to is going to be Providence, Rhode Island. Mm. The Dunkin' Donuts Center is probably my favorite arena that I've been to just because the hospitality in Rhode Island was very unique. You don't have the gruff Boston, but at the same time, it's just hospitable there. Great food there. Um, Obviously, they have some amazing donuts and amazing food there, (laughs) which I recommend to everybody. And the team shop was super clean. Everything was super organized. I actually got a um, jersey sweater from the Pebro and still have it to this day. Still wear it from time to time. And I just loved every minute there. It was fantastic. It was freaking great. And I have an easy least favorite. This one is without question. It's no longer a minor league hockey arena, but I'm going to go back to the ECHL days from about eight and a half years ago. The Cow Palace in San Francisco, home of the San Francisco Bulls. Oh, my God. That was one of the worst. Okay, it's in Daly City, California, just south of San Francisco. The fact that you have to pay $20 for parking, the one and only time I paid for parking there, 20 20 bucks. Are you kidding me? It's in a very, very sketchy neighborhood. It is super dark outside, and it feels super dark and old inside because the Cal Palace was built in, what, the 30s, 40s, 50s? When the Golden State Warriors won the 1975 NBA Finals there, you know it's old. When the San Francisco Seals played there, the old minor league hockey team, you know it's old. When the San Jose Sharks played there, as their first arena, you know it's old. Yeah, that there's a lot of wooden beams in there. Stuff was breaking down. Oh, and by the way, when I went there the last time, they stick the media behind one of the goals. Not center ice, not even diagonal. No, you're behind one of the goals and you're far away from the action. Oh, awful. Is it is the Cal, is Cal Palace the actual legit name of it or is it like a bad nickname no it's called the cow palace okay some people listening know what i'm talking about but the majority have no idea i'm not kidding just type in cow palace on wikipedia i'm doing this right now and it's a legit arena in daily city why is it called that why is it called that because that's where the livestock show was for a number of years yeah this is amazing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really it not. Opened in 1941. 41. What Thank the heck? You. 1941. This is crazy. No, do yourself an even worse favor. Type in Cow Palace Hockey. And you're going to see some <laughs> pictures, both old and new. Because there are pictures with the San Francisco Bulls and a mostly empty arena. I once went to a game there that had maybe a couple hundred fans there. Not even kidding. Wow. And then there's also old pictures in there. 
Oh, you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Fans of the show, just look up Cal Palace Hockey and see what the hell we're talking about. The San Francisco Bulls were a team for a year and a half. They folded in the middle of the ECHL season. (laughs) Oh, you don't believe me? No. Okay. That's a whole other story. Oh, I, believe, I, I believe you on that one. That's a whole other weird story. I feel like so many of those, like, weird, like, Cal- like California teams or, like, all these, like, minor league teams. And you're like, nope, it's gone now. That was a weird, that was a weird time just going up to the press box during those games. It was a weird time, Sarah. <laughs> Back then. <laughs> oh, memories. Anyway. This also has reminded me of an arena that I, I left off of my list by accident in my thinking of my minor league arenas. Um, I totally forgot about going to um, Charlotte North uh, or for to see the the Wolves and the Checkers play in the finals last year. Totally oh, forgot lucky. about that. Lucky you. It's a really cool old arena. We've been talking for a while. This will probably be split into two shows, knowing us. <laughs> so this is the end of the second show of this particular. Yeah, that's how long that was. So, Sarah, where can everyone find you on the socials? I am um, currently not answering questions because I'm obsessed with the cow palace. This is crazy. Um, no, I am. I am like I'm literally scrolling through Wikipedia right now, um, and and like Google Photos uh, of old games. There, uh, I am on Twitter at right said Sarah. I, this show locked on Los Angeles Kings is also on Twitter at locked on LA Kings. Uh, available where all podcasts are found. Uh, if you want. More general hockey coverage, including following along with all the teams that are still playing hockey and fighting for their lives in the conference finals. Um, you can go check out the Locked on NHL show, which I host Mondays, and we're rebooting Wednesday shows, uh, so those are coming at you soon, too. And my King's newsletter is Line to the Throne. It's linetothethrone.substack.com, and you can go and click a big subscribe button and get King's thoughts in your email box uh, whenever I feel like writing words. <laughs> and you can find me on the socials at LO underscore Ducks. You could follow me personally at StimpyJD. And I still can't believe that the Cow Palace was a thing that still exists. I really can't believe that the San Jose Sharks played there. That's where the Oakland Seals originated, folks. The Cow Palace. Cow Palace. Yeah. Europe's... And I was in there for multiple games. Not just one game. Multiple games. (laughs) I don't know why. But it was a thing that happened. Anyway, you can hear our shows on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Smoke Signal, Ham Radio, Morse Code. No, not Morse Code because you can confuse that for off the post. I don't know. You can hear us wherever you hear your podcast. Make sure to rate five stars. We love it. Make sure to comment. Drop us a line. You can email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And if you really liked the show, be sure to subscribe. And if you did not like the show, then we are a team that used to play in the Cow Palace. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the Seals. <laughs> Locked on Seals, one time only. It'll be a flashback episode. I guarantee it. Oh, this has gotten way too silly today. 
and it's going to get even sillier, but we'll talk more about that later. Anyway, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on once again. Cal Palace. Cal Palace. All right. That's that's how we're going to end the show. Um, Cal Palace, Cal Palace. Um, Cal Palace, Cal Palace. For Locked On Cal Palace, I'm the head of the Cal Palace, saying Cal Palace, Cal Palace, moo, 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 moo. Cows flock together, everybody. <laughs>